What's up, everyone? This is episode 222 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle, and as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast, and my Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. Okay, so it has been a pretty wild week in the NBA since I recorded last week's episode. You know, you guys know the story. The Heat were up 3 nothing. The Celtics rattled off three straight. So I had fans from both teams sending me messages, uh, all in good fun, of course. I don't think I'm going to get a barrage of messages for this coming series, though. I've already heard from the Heat fans. And then I only know of one big Nuggets fan, Ryan, a.k.a. Mind Cycle Cards. As you can see from the title, he's actually on today's show. So you'll want to make sure to stay tuned for that. You might also remember hearing from Ryan a few weeks ago when I asked for everyone's binder setups, and he was nice enough to send a recording my way. I feel like I'm making pretty good progress with my binders, had a lot of good dialogue with you guys along the way, so that's been fun. Several of you ask about top loader binders, and that's something I've been curious about but haven't owned or used in the past. But coincidentally, around the same time, the X-Pro company reached out to me and said, we want to send you a top loader binder for free. No strings attached. Um, I do, however, want to give a quick little review today because one, I appreciate the kind gesture, and two, you guys have been asking about them. So uh, overall, I would say I was pretty impressed with the quality of the product they sent me. Like the Z folios I've talked about before, it zips around the outside. As far as the inside goes, if you were to pack it completely full, it holds 252 standard top-loaded cards, which I have not done that yet. I imagine that would be pretty heavy, but uh, I found the cards fit pretty snug in the binder when you load them on both sides. I wouldn't put anything much thicker than a standard trading card in there, though, unless maybe you're just going to use one side of the page. I am curious to see if the plastic on these pages is going to stretch out more over time. That's something I won't be able to tell you yet. I have to kind of see it play out first. Now, if you are considering one of these, you do need to be aware of the overall size. I thought that the 12 pocket Z folio that I've used before was pretty large. This top loader binder is a little bit wider than that, and then it's about an inch and a half taller as well. So if you want to store it upright, you need to make sure that you have the space. But like I said, overall, I was pretty impressed by this binder. If you want to actually see it, I did a quick review on my YouTube channel. And then I included an affiliate link in the description as well. That way, if you are interested in buying, you can help support the show in the process. So thanks again to the kind people over at XPro for sending one of those my way. This is Josh, a.k.a. Mitten State Collector on Instagram. You are listening to the Wax Museum Podcast, the best podcast by someone with a secret pistons PC. Okay, so joining me today is someone that is making his third main segment appearance on the Wax Museum podcast. You might know him as the resident Nuggets collector on Instagram, where he posts under the handle at MindCycleCards, or maybe you think of him as the guy that cracks all those slabs. Remember the no slab movement, right? Um, Ryan, I looked back at my notes, and I didn't realize it had been so long since the last time you were on here, so welcome back. How's it going, man? Oh, thanks, Kyle. Really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's been all that long, but I guess it's been a couple of years, right? Yeah, time flies, I suppose. Now, seeing as Ryan's been on the show a couple times before, I thought it would be fun to see what questions you guys, the collecting community, had for him. 
And I figure there's a lot of them right now. So I will be sprinkling some of those in as we go. And uh, the first question for Ryan comes from the most frequent guest on this show, Steve, a.k.a. Showley. And he wanted to know, what's Ryan's compensation for being the Midwest correspondent for the Wax Museum podcast? And he also clarified that he was asking for a friend. <laughs> you know, the compensation is just getting to go on and talk about cards. I think that's that's the most fun for me. So any chance I get to to talk about cards and, and discuss it with you, Kyle, is, is payment enough for me. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Ryan, you're being diplomatic here, but Steve's been giving me a hard time this week for some predictions that I made in the Celtics heat series. And, and while I'm, I'm not going to rub the Celtics loss in his face, because then he's just going to say, Hey, the Pacers suck. Right. I get it. I figure though, we can get some jabs in real quick while he's not here to defend himself. So Steve just proved to us, I think that he is in an elite group of people that classify Colorado as part of the Midwest. And uh, I know that's always been up for debate here. However, the federal government does, I looked it up, does not consider Colorado to be part of the Midwest uh, at one point in time, 538 did a survey about this, and 10% of respondents said it was part of the Midwest. So Steve's a part of that. Do you stand with Steve, or what's your take on all of this Midwest confusion here? <laughs> That's very interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, technically it is not the Midwest. Uh, I think you probably are looking at like Kansas and things like that as actually being in the Midwest, right? Um, yeah, it's mountain time, so that's that's the time zone we're in. So I guess you just call that West, right? I Yeah. And I, and I will say, I, I did find it strange growing up that Indiana was considered the Midwest, but uh, I suppose at one point it was oh, okay. obviously, yeah, obviously not now, but uh, yeah, they, they do still classify that as the Midwest, but uh, regardless of, of where exactly Colorado is geographically uh, it's NBA team has had an outstanding run this year. And they were coming off a really good run the last time you were on, too. We mentioned your last appearance. Uh, that was back in 2020. That was back in the bubble days. So uh, the mm -hmm. difference here is that they actually made the finals. Um, now, I'm curious to know, did you start thinking, you know, this is the year, right, at the start of the year? Or, or what was your level of confidence in this team at different points throughout the season? Well, you know, being a Nuggets fan, I, I think we, we kind of get used to uh, disappointment over the years. Now, I will say that, the past couple of years, and we we're talking back when we talked last in 2020 with us getting to the conference finals and then, you know, getting beaten by the Lakers this time around, I had a lot more confidence than, than that, that period of time back in 2020 of us actually making it past them, which we, we did, which is great to see. So yeah, just um, overall, just really excited about that. I, I think it's, I think it's great. And I think it just shows that, the team that we built around Jokic, no all-star present with them. They're still solid enough to get the job done. And I'm just really excited to see what they bring to the table in these finals. Yeah. And I know, I, I mean, I dismissed the Nuggets at one point this year because I, I felt like we had seen that before. And it was kind of always a secondary thought to, hey, Jokic is going to get his third MVP, which he did not. But um, you know, it is a regular season award. I, I think he kind of eased up a bit at the end because he doesn't care. Right. And and it paid off because you see where he's at now. Um, what were your thoughts on the whole Jokic MVP thing? Yeah. Oh, I've got some thoughts on it. I think um, <laughs> I think he deserved it for sure. And I think it just directed off towards looking at Embiid because people were getting the, the voter fatigue. You know, that seems to be the prevalent thought. 
Now, Embiid's a great player, nothing against Embiid, but I, I do feel like Jokic should have won it again. He was he was really just the one that carried the team. Now, hey, we're full strength now. We got Jamal Murray back. We haven't for a couple of years. Uh, we got some more solid players on the team at this point. So it's not I, – I, I don't want to say it's all Jokic, but let's face it, the majority of the reason that we are where we are is, is due to him. Yeah. Now, um, we talked earlier about – Steve and his team, right? We're going to bring him back up again. Uh, well, some of the Heat fans weren't all too pleased with me either this past week. So uh, that leads us into our next listener question, which comes from one such fan, Chatri, aka Wade underscore Zoe, who asked, How do you feel about Kyle jinxing the Denver Nuggets ahead of the NBA Finals, similar to how he jinxed the Heat last week? Now, I mean, we know the Heat won, but that I think that question came in when the series was 3 2 or 3 3. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You know what? I don't think we can jinx it. I think it's it's all up to the the basketball gods, right? So we'll see how it plays out. But but yeah, you know, I was watching the series. I was watching it last night, and just thinking, I actually used to live in Boston prior to coming out to Denver. So I had this this toss up between: Do I want the Heat to win and gain home court, or do I want the Celtics to win? Because I still got some family out there that were rooting for them. Ultimately, when I saw the Heat were up massively, I'm like, let's just have them win. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the Nuggets would have beat any team coming out of the East. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do think you ended up with the easier matchup of the two, strictly because, you know, Miami is is going to keep getting injured. And, and yeah, I know Tatum hurt his ankle last night. Um, yeah. But, but I think the heat were going to be a little more hobbled when all said and done, but either way, I'm going to force you to make a prediction here. And I know that predictions tend to get people in trouble from time to time. You've already come uh, on this show here with a diplomatic tone, but you have my permission here to be brutally honest. When all is said and done, how do you see this whole thing playing out? I think that, we've kind of shown in these playoffs that we're pretty unbeatable at home. So I think game one and two is going to go our way. I could be mistaken because they've got a secret weapon, right? It's Butler. <laughs> so Jimmy Butler is such a good player that you never know what's going to happen with him, but I would be pretty confident that they win the home games. Right. I wouldn't put it past Miami to win one, you know, possibly two, but I'll, I'll say, uh, I'll say four to one. <laughs> okay. All right. The gentleman sweep here. So Chatri, let it be known if the Nuggets uh, somehow give this thing away, it's Ryan's fault. Right? <laughs> right. This is all Ryan's it. fault here. Um, all right. So as it turns out, um, this team that's making its first NBA finals run, it wasn't the only major Nuggets news from the past week or so. And that takes us to our next, next listener question for Ryan, which comes from Carter, AKA MC basketball PC. Um, who asked, what are your thoughts on Melo's retirement and his Nuggets legacy? It's a good question, I thought. That is a great question because there's definitely a lot of people on both sides of the coin when it comes to Carmelo. I think people that loved his time in Denver and people that hated when he left. But yeah, it's, it's disappointing to see him retire, to be honest. I was hoping he'd get another run with the Nuggets. We were in talks when he was a free agent, right? Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, at a certain point when nobody's picking you up, what was he out of the league for like a year or something? Yeah, uh, nobody didn't play it all him. this year. Yeah, and then you just have to decide and just call it. And so I think he made the right choice there. But always be a Carmelo fan. Those uh, late 2000s playoffs where he helped bring us to our, you know, the, the playoff runs back then, I always remember. So 
Um, I'm still a fan and I always will be. Yeah, I turned on the TV the other day um, and they were showing, I think it was the 2009 game where he hit the the game winner in the corner against Dallas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of good memories there and a lot of names and, and faces that I hadn't seen in a long time either. So that was kind of fun. Um, I'm like you though. I, I really wanted Melo to get another spot this year. I mean, I think he averaged like 13 points a game last year. So obviously you'd have to be very selective. There's not a lot of teams that want to give up a roster spot for someone like that. And, and I'm not sure what kind of role he really wanted to play on a team, but it would yeah. have been nice to see him back in Denver. Uh, do you think, you know, you, you talked about his perception from different people in Denver. Do you think we see him at the finals or, or what do you think is going to happen? That'd be interesting. Yeah. To see him at the finals room for the Nuggets. I, I don't know. It'd be great to see him there. Um, yeah. I really don't know. I, I haven't really kept too much up to date of how he feels about Nuggets, but um, I, I think he'd be excited for the team and, that yeah that'd be really cool if he could make it out to some games or something like that see him see him out supporting the team yeah I think a lot of these players and and then also a lot of the fan bases as time goes on they become a little more forgiving about some of the things that that happened I I know I've gone through that myself with Paul George Uh, the only exception maybe and I was talking to a, a heat fan today is the whole way LeBron left is still a lot of them. And, you know, they're trying to put Jimmy Butler above, above LeBron on the all time heat standings. I, I'm not <laughs> sure if we're ready to go there yet. Um, right. I do have one more nuggets question for you though, from the listeners and Carmela might be involved here too. Uh, this comes from his dudeness who asks, what is your Mount Rushmore of Denver nuggets? Yeah, that's, that's a tough one because I would probably put it at like different eras, right? Mm-hmm. So I've I always really been a fan of Alex English, even though I didn't have the chance to ever see him play, but I think you got to put him up there. Yeah, it scored probably. the most points in the 80s of anyone. Yeah, like He exactly. has to be there, and he was on the Nuggets the whole time, so he has to be there, I think. Yeah, exactly. As you move in to like the, the 90s even, you could put Matumbo on that list even though he didn't have, you know, as long a run. So we'll maybe put him as an honorable mention. But yeah, I, I'm going to put Carmelo on there for sure. <laughs> for those 2000s years. I mean, there's just nothing more exciting than watching Carmelo. And then obviously modern and uh, the modern nuggets, I'd put Jokic. All right. So the, the other one that I thought about, um, and I, you know, this is earlier, right? And it wasn't as long of a run, but David Thompson, probably yeah. the other guy I'd put on there, but you know, they, this, uh, they didn't specify this could be your personal Nuggets <laughs> Mount Rushmore. Uh, they didn't necessarily say the greatest. And I, uh, Dan Issel, I think, is another name that some people had thought yeah. about, but he spent time with multiple teams. So either way, you can't go wrong with any of those. Okay, guys, allow me to interrupt for a moment here to remind you that this show is brought to you in part by ComC.com. Are you tired of spending hours listing cards for sale? The ComC consignment marketplace is the easiest place to sell cards online. ComC will identify, scan, list, store, package, and ship. Just send them your sports cards, trading cards, and collectibles, and they'll take care of the rest. All you do is set the price. Visit ComC.com today to start selling your cards. All right, let's shift gears a little bit here and, and talk about another big project that you've been working on. And that's a new hobby message board that's appropriately named the Hobby Boards. I got yeah. several listener questions about that, and we'll get to those here in a few moments. But uh, I'd love for you to give kind of the origin story first. How did this whole thing get started? 
Sure. Yeah, it was maybe coming up on a month now that I had realized I was uh, suspended over on blowout forms. Didn't really know the reason why. And I really, I won't go into like too many details because I have a whole video. You have a whole video covering this. That's right. I did, a, I did a whole segment here too. Yep. <laughs> so anybody interested in that can go back to either one of our videos or your podcast where you discuss it. But yeah, just coming on the back of that, I had reached out to you, to, to Steve SLE 2003, to Jason Small Town. Uh, it, it just, I had gotten people actually asking me and in, in making comments outside of just you guys as well. Hey, you should start your own message boards. And I, I pondered it for a couple of days. I was like, you know what? Maybe we should. <laughs> so I reached out to you guys. We had a little group chat. We came up with some ideas. I got some hosting, got the domain names registered and just moved forward with it. It was all kind of quick on the back of that. Uh, I don't even, I think I'm still actually suspended on <laughs> as of today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we just, we basically thought it'd be a, a great idea to come up with something new, something that is more tailored to like the, as I call it, the modern hobby, you know, the hobby of today, but yet utilizing the meshes board technology of the past. Right. So uh, I, I think this would be a good time for another question here. It comes from Josh, AKA Mitten State Collector. And he said, or it's more of a comment. He wrote, I can't wait to hear Ryan's take on what makes a useful and productive message board community. Mm -hmm. So let's go, let's hear it, Ryan. What makes a useful and productive message board community? <laughs> yeah, I really think it's focusing on the collector because those are the people that have stuck around for years that are going to continue to stick around. So that was really the goal or, or one of my big goals is to have a message board focused around the collector. And that's not to say that we shouldn't have anybody's viewpoint in there because I don't want to deter people from signing up if they're maybe just in it to flip or just, you know, solely to make money. That's that's totally cool. Anybody's available to come on over and take a look. And I just suggest that you get on there and really take a look at it. But yeah, I think the goal was to... Um, get the collectors back talking to other collectors. You know, we, we scroll through our phones every day and we look at a photo and we might throw up a couple emojis, but now I think it's important to get back to having more long form discussions about hobby topics, topics or sets or just sports in general. Okay. Then, so um, you, you know, we talked about how the message board technology is, has been around for a long time now. And in fact, uh, well, as I was registering, I, I was, about to use the the name Wax Museum Podcast, and then I realized I've been dead shot on the message boards for two decades now, right? 2003 <laughs> was my first uh, card message board. So, um, you know, they've been around for a while here. So seeing as this isn't the first message board that's out there, um, I thought we got a good question from David, aka Mostly 90s Basketball Cards. He wrote, are there any new innovations on a traditional message board that you have implemented or hope to implement? Yeah, that's a great question. And absolutely. So one of the big goals when I was looking for software to use was actually mobile friendly software. And that's something that we really haven't had up to date on any of the forums. You you go to those in your the browser in your phone and you can maybe get to work if you pent zoom in and out, right? Uh, it's, it's a little bit difficult to navigate. So that was one of the big things. 
So if you go to visit on your phone, it's going to work just as well as the desktop. You know, there might be a, a little bit harder to type in with your thumb as opposed to like, using a keyboard, at least for some people. Some people might actually prefer that, uh, using it on the phone. But yeah, the other big aspect was the ability to share photos easily. And so if you're familiar with Blowout or any of the other message boards, we always had to jump through hoops. We always had to get the BB code and, and make sure the image was sized properly. Well, now that's all out the door. You can, you will still have to use a, a photo sharing um, app. So you're not going to get as easy to use as like something like Instagram where you just throw it up right from your phone, right? But we do have the ability now to just paste a link in and will auto automatically detect it's shared from Flickr, it's shared from Imager, whatever you choose to use. Same with a, uh, YouTube videos does the same thing. Just hit the share button, pop it up there. I just think it's a really much easier, like more modern way to use a message board than we've seen in the past. Okay. So uh, one more listener question regarding hobby message boards. This comes from Darren, AKA deputy dog, a uh, longtime message board veteran. Yeah. And he asked why in a hobby of sharing and showcasing and chasing and team and player loyalty, does it seem like forum mail days are a barren wasteland? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's something I hope we can get back to as well. Just sharing our mail days and scroll through uh, a message board format, um, which I think we've we've had a couple on the boards, haven't we? Yeah, a couple mail days. So I'm excited to see that again because, it, yeah, it's you know, hey throw up a video on Instagram, but then maybe after you got your Instagram video of your mail day opening, come over to the hobby boards and throw it up in image format and have that discussion about it. I guarantee it'll be there longer than a day and people will still be commenting on it, you know? Right. And it's something that can be searchable in the future. And there's, yeah. there's a lot of benefits to that. And, and I mean, yeah, you know, in the short term, as you mentioned, the reality of the situation is that social media is a lot more convenient for everyone involved in the short term. And message boards fit the kind of this desktop computer world that a lot of people have moved away from now, right? And, and you know, we're yeah. all on our phones. So getting a, a community of people to come together and slow down and participate in, in that way uh, is obviously easier said than done because everyone leads, you know, busy, normal lives. But uh, it's worth a shot. I'm excited about it. If nothing else, I see this as a chance to maybe reset a little bit and possibly, like you said, rekindle some of that intentionality of message board posting that people used to have. Um, while at the same time, trying to introduce that message board scene and that form of community to people that haven't experienced it before, because I, I, I think I take it for granted that I've been on the boards for a while. Well, there's a lot of people now that are coming into the hobby that have never been a part of that, or, or maybe they're just lurkers. So let's see if we can't get more people involved here. Um, so yeah. if anyone's interested in being a part of that, what do they do? Where do they go from here? Uh, so they can just hop over to the hobbyboards.com. You can just get registered. I will say one caveat and I'm working on this. And your, your registration email may land in your junk or spam folder. So make sure to check there if you don't see it in the inbox. Uh, but hopefully we're close to a resolution on that. Uh, likewise, you can go over to my YouTube channel, MindCycle underscore cards, and I have a whole getting started video. It's it's more or less an announcement video, but at the tail end of it, I go into registering, I go into creating a post with an image, we go into modifying your profile, you know, setting up your avatar, right? everything's in there. I'm also going to be coming out with some more tailor-made videos for some of those specific uh, things that you're going to be doing on there 
quite frequently probably so yeah but yeah the easiest way is just to jump on over there and get registered and i i can't tell you how many times i've seen somebody post a thread to ask how to post a picture in a thread <laughs> right. um, i i mean probably at least 100 200 times over the years um and you know they usually get deleted after a while but now we've got you're you're trying to tackle that from the start so i applaud mm -hmm. you for that uh and i'm sure there's a lot of other people that will appreciate that as well Okay, so we've kind of eased our way into the card talk today, but as I've said before, all roads lead to cardboard on this show. So I want to talk a little bit more about your collection, which you know you've given your collecting history on here before. But uh, in today's intro, I alluded to the no slab movement, which was something we <laughs> chatted about a few years ago, um, because you are all about the binders so much so yeah. that you've you've cracked a lot of nice cards out of slabs, which can be a risky endeavor at times. And uh, so we got a, a good hypothetical question this week from Chatri, who we heard from earlier. He cooled off a little bit about the heat and uh, he wanted me to ask you this. If you ever had the chance to acquire a 1997 Nuggets PMG green, but it was PSA graded, would you crack it out and put it in your binder? Uh, that's actually kind of funny because I just did a video going over that binder and I showed the row right below the reds that greens will go so if i ever got one yes it would go into a binder right. uh, now the chances of that ever happening is slim to none uh, but yeah i would i would throw it in in that row <laughs> try to complete that set i'm just a completionist at heart i guess <laughs> I, I love the fact that not only have you said yes that you're committing to it you literally have the space set aside for <laughs> <Yeah>. it <laughs> all right perfect so speaking of binders here and and um like you said, you have a YouTube video recently with your 90s binder, and I encourage everyone to check that out. I have to give you your flowers here because you've been a huge inspiration to me when it comes to building binders. I patterned a lot of my early binder builds after you, specifically my gold binder. And you got a lot of people's attention when you posted a prism gold page that just kind of casually featured a, a 2015 prism gold Jokic rookie. And I believe that same binder has your tops chrome gold refractors as well, or if not that one, it's the one sitting right next to it. Mm -hmm. So that leads us into our next question then from Carter, aka MC Basketball PC, who asks, prism gold or chrome gold? <laughs> chrome gold all the way. Okay, I, chrome gold all the way. Wow. Yeah, no hesitation and, there either. Yeah. And the or, reason tell me why. It, I I really like actually that 2015 set. That's probably my favorite for prism golds. But other than that, I mean, a lot of the years were just, I don't know, dribbling photos, which I'm not as excited about. Great players, great cards. There's no doubt about that. Other years were better than others uh, and what have you. But going back to Chrome Golds and just Chrome cards in general, the photography is really what sets it apart to me. So I just appreciate photography a little bit more than the flash. So, you know, um, golds obviously make things pop out. And I think those baby blue uh, nuggets uh, jerseys back in the, the 2000s really helped with the, the gold aesthetic there. So yeah, I'm going to say chrome golds. Now, uh, the last time you were on here, uh, you were practically begging us to find, I, I think, was it an 06? Was it Earl Boykins or was it Earl Watson? <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was one of the Earls. It was Earl Boykins, yep. Earl Boykins, yeah, you 06, were practically 07. begging us to track one of those down and and um i believe we did right yeah yeah and what's funny about it is somebody reached out to me 
and I was able to acquire the card. And then probably not even two or three weeks later, one showed up on eBay, and I actually <laughs> grabbed that one too. Of course, right? You <laughs> yeah. So, so right after you search for years, you, you get a chance to get two. So yeah, if anybody wants to trade and needs that card, I got double of it now. <laughs> yeah, I I think I did that with the Jeff Foster gold. And I, I, I even asked myself as I was doing it, what am I going to do with this? You know, I've got one spot for it, but, but then that other, you know, the, the devil on the other shoulder said, yeah, but you looked so long for the first one, you know, exactly. why not just get another one? It's just $15, right? Yeah. We're not breaking the bank doing it. So I was like, well, pick up a double. Sure. Why not? <laughs> All right. So as we near the end of today's conversation, I want to run through an activity that is long overdue. Uh, I can't believe that you haven't done this on here before. And that's not your fault. That's my fault. I thought we had done this. Maybe I hadn't started yet. Um, but I want to give you a chance to talk about some of the centerpieces of your PC. So talk me through your three favorite cards. Start with number three and then work your way to number one. Absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned David Thompson and and I left him out of the Mount Rushmore. That was by design here because that's card number three is the 76 tops tall boy. Uh, so I do have that one actually graded, not going to bust it out. I have a second copy that's kind of beat up for my binder. It's actually more of a set. I'm going after that, that whole set, but yeah, that's, that lands it solidly at, at number three. Okay. Num so, so real quick, I gotta, I gotta yeah. ask you a question. I can't let you just go into number two. Okay. Um, so those cards, I, I wouldn't say it's a box topper, but uh, it's, it's <laughs> nearing that, that size. So those are oh, very yeah. tough grade what uh what grade is it you said it was slab oh man what grade is it i i want to say it's a seven or an eight okay um, so that, i mean that's a strong grade yeah card. yeah pretty pretty strong grade for that and i did pick up a second kind of beat up copy for for my binder and yeah i think you what can you fit per page i think four <laughs> four yeah, cards like per post, page. yeah probably like postcard <laughs> pages um and i isn't he's sitting on the bench right yeah. Like it's of all the Dave, you know, Skywalker, a guy named yeah. Skywalker, his rookie card is him in a warm up sitting on the bench. You would think with, yeah, my addiction to photography that I wouldn't like that one as much, but he's in Nuggets jersey, says Nuggets right on the card. If you go back and look at like Alex English, you know, he's, he's, his rookie card is Pacers. So I know. Yeah. It's Pacers. hard to, it's hard to put that one above, you know, like, cause I'd be picking a, what, a third year card or whenever he went over to the Nuggets. Um, so yeah, that one's that one lands at number three. All sure. right, number I'll, now now let's go to number two. I had to ask about that though. Number two. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so number two is actually kind of a more recent pickup. It's uh, the '97 Finest Embossed McDice. Uh, so if you haven't ever seen those, they have like the atomic refractor look. Well, I'm sure you've seen them, Kyle. But for listeners, they have more or less the refractor atomic refractor kind of look and design. It's a die cut card. It also has that refractor design on the back and they're numbered out of 74. I've been chasing one for years. I always get a outbid on it. There is an Instagram poster and I'm totally spaced his name and I apologize, but he reached out to me and I would say it's not even a year ago now to acquire that one. And we worked out a deal, like kind of a partial trade cash deal. And I just love that card. I love the aesthetics of it. Uh, so yeah, that's number two. So that's one that, um, I mean, obviously you, I'm going to have you post these on your Instagram again, but I do want to make people look at your nineties binder video so they can, uh, that, that one should be in there as well, right? That, that one's actually not in the binder. That one's, okay. I'm, I'm plugging slab. something that where it's not even there. 
Yeah, so I'll try to go after the set. And so that was, I believe, the only Nuggets player in that embossed uh, refractor set. I may be wrong about this. But typically, if it doesn't fit in the binder, I'll leave it graded. If it's if it comes to me graded. Because I do have a bunch of two-row boxes that I like to put stuff in. If it doesn't really fit in those binders, it'll stay in the slab or I'll put it in like a one-touch for those uh, boxes. All right, so you the no slab movement founder here has got two slabbed cards in in uh, spots three and two <laughs> yeah. here. So what what graded card is your number one now? Oh, it's not graded, but it's uh, 2014 Gary Harris NT horizontal RPA out of ten, and so that one's lands in number one. And I know it's probably strange for people to to think about that because he doesn't even play for the team anymore. But that's really the car that got me back into collecting nuggets. During that 2014 season, I was chasing <laughs> Andrew Wiggins and Japari Parker. So I joined a, a break because I was joining a couple breaks here and there to for the nuggets, trying to put some team sets together and whatnot. Uh, ended up landing that card and the breaker asked me, do you collect nuggets? Because I joined like three of them, I think that night. Uh, just because they were super cheap <laughs> at the time. But I landed that card and, and I said, you know what, that's that's a great question. And I really have strayed from the path. So that got me back into team collecting again was that card. Still fall gear Harris to this day, but just kind of that story just always will have that one at solidly at number one for me. That's that's Orlando Magic legend Gary Harris, by the <laughs> yeah. way. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it's probably a good thing that he steered you away from Wiggins and Parker because um, you know that that got you back right in time to get that Jokic Prism Gold and, right. and one of your favorite sets there, as you mentioned earlier. Well, uh, Ryan, there were so many things that I wanted to touch on today. I think we got through everything. We got through all the listener questions. Before I let you go, though, I want to give you one last chance to plug your social media handles. Uh, talk trash before the NBA finals, <laughs> plug anything you're working on or let us know some things you might be looking for. These next few moments here are yours. Definitely. Thanks Kyle. Uh, so you can catch me on Instagram, mindcycle underscore cards, head over to the hobby boards. I'm just mindcycle on there as I have been on previous message boards. And then I actually have a YouTube channel now that I started a couple months ago after my Instagram <laughs> videos started getting cut off. And that is MindCycle underscore cards as well. And had you not started that channel, uh, you would not have been in the predicament that led to the hobby board. So it's interesting how everything all comes to fruition there. But thanks again, Ryan. Appreciate it, Kyle. Thanks for having me on. All right. Well, there you have it. A lot of you have been asking me about the hobby boards. I'd rather you just get more info straight from the source. And with the Nuggets in the finals, I thought the timing worked out perfect. So thanks again to Ryan for taking the time out of his schedule to come on the show. Maybe there was something we talked about today that resonated with you. Feel free to reach out to me on social media. You can find me on Instagram under at Wax Museum Podcast or Twitter under the handle at Wax Museum PC. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Hit up the website for my affiliate links, tag Taco Bell, and let them know they can pay me in burritos. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast. Podcast.